This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Okay, so it's a, it's a massive one today. Really, really strong contributions from yeah. the kids. Are... Please do sit with it. Yeah, it's climate change. It's, climate, it's climate change. Climate and the things that I know, I know that, that it's such a turn-off topic, but you will hear today actually what's going on in the minds of our, yeah. our children. And if we are parents, we can't turn away from something that is terrifying them to the very marrow of their bones to the point where they're not even talking to anyone about it in case they're told that they're being dramatic or they're being so I, I actually think it's a dereliction of duty as parents if we don't engage with this conversation. And I think yeah if you don't want to engage with climate change, if you're a parent, you have to engage with your kids, kids who are engaged. Kids who with are dealing change. with it and yeah. dealing with the fact that they might not be able to have children, they might not have grandchildren, all these things. We need to engage. We need to find out together how we help our young people navigate their way through this very, very, very scary narrative. It's real. This is real stuff. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Welcome. That faint hum in the background is the washing machine. That scratching is the dog. We've been trying to start for the last 20 minutes. We had the postman, we had the delivery man, and then we had the Ocado. And if you can smell that weird smell, now you just <laughs> let one off. Mark! <laughs> anyway, welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. Yeah, I can't believe that anyone allowed us to be parents. Oh, that's oh. the problem. You don't have to be allowed. Anyone can do it's it. It's weird, isn't it? For so many things in life, you need to pass tests, get licences, mm. uh, be qualified parenting you're just allowed to run at it aren't you and my god i realized as soon as i'd had them that i had zero skills you've got some skills not many. Okay, neither of us. Okay, well, today we're doing... Adult really... children finding our way through. Today we're doing a really cheery, cheery one. <laughs> we're doing one, and it's not going to be a particularly long episode either, because I think we just need to cut to the chase, because it's something that I personally feel uh, needs to be talked about, and it's the issue around climate change. Now, we're not going to sit here and just talk about the doom and gloom. We are going to talk about some of the issues that are facing our kids. But I want to push back against this, what I call, Boris Johnson optimism culture that we live in. in Look what he did with Afghan, as Theresa May say, Afghanistan. Oh, just wait and see if it's all right on the night. (laughs) But Boris Johnson has this really frustrating approach to things. He's one of those people, you know, that unless you're with him and optimistic, you're tugging against... You're a misery. ...the spirit. You're tugging, Mm. this isn't Great Britain. You're you're project fear. Mm. You're all these things, and it really... I'm going to swear, fucking annoys me because it disallows mm. proper conversations and important conversations to be had. We're all grown-ups. We all know what's positive and what's negative. And I think we just need to talk about stuff. And to talk about it isn't to be a naysayer. And sometimes I worry that whenever I mention climate change now, because I haven't been as sort of activated in the past as I have been by the recent IPCC report on the Code Red thing, we're in a critical situation. And I think to say that isn't, shouldn't be characterised, oh, for God's sake, it's a bit of a downer. I think I think because we are coming at this with a, with a completely different angle from whenever we hear about yeah. climate change, which is we are talking today about what the hell do we say to our kids? Yeah. And I think to just put your fingers in your ears and cover your eyes and just say, um, well, you know, don't be silly. It, it's just the it's just the media. You know, I've seen quite a few yeah. comments along those lines. It's just the media. Don't be silly. It's very very scary for a young person. Yeah. You know, and I think um, it's it's kind of it's the, it's an analogous to what you were just saying about Boris, actually, that that attitude, and it doesn't help kids. That that's scary. And we've had quite a few messages, and I've had some a few private um, messages from people saying, "Oh, don't say my name," and but it's so difficult. My parents won't engage. They just tell me to stop being dramatic, and that really hit me because I thought. You know, maybe we've been we've been a bit like that in the past. I mean, not so much now, not over the last few years, but 
because we didn't know what to say. Well, I think on that point, we have a big dialogue in our household, I don't know if you do, listener, where certainly when Kiki was younger and the girls were younger, we would say, do this thing of saying, well, let's not tell the kids that. Let's keep that away from the kids. Well, let's not, don't mention that in front of Kiki because she worries about this. Don't mention that in front of Maddie because she worries about that. And I think you do that. It's a really dangerous game, that, as a parent, when your kids get to around 12, 13 and plugged into the news mm. of the world in the way that they are. Mm. I mean, Kiki and Maddie have both separately said to us at varying times, I, we really hate it when you try and manage the news and how it gets to us, because what you don't get is we hear it anyway, and they would rather have it delivered to them in a sort of balanced way. It's a little bit what we do on Coffee Moaning on our YouTube channel, which is we're not always right, but we try to take the sting out of the news. Yeah, we try to take the sting it. out. And I think I mean, it's rather we do like, it as parents. Rather like all the, um, all the advice that we were given at the time when we were having all the terror attacks, you know, London yeah. Bridge and all of that, and, and time and time again, what came through and what came out was what you have to do with your children is say, yes, this is a terrible thing and these are terrible people or sick people or whatever, but look how many people ran to help. Yeah. That's a way of managing news with children. Look, people came from their houses, people were offering, opening their doors, people were bringing drinks, people were running towards to help. And that, and that's, that's kind of, that's how I sort of see managing the news. This is very, very difficult because of course... And different. Um, and very different. And one of the reasons was Mark said at the beginning there, this will be a shorter podcast probably, though maybe not. It's because usually we start this po podcast with our own experience, going back and, and delving into our memories of a child and, yeah. <laughs> and what could have been the similarities. We had nothing like this. We had, what, the end of the world? Mm. I mean, I suppose nuclear, nuclear pop. Well, yes, yeah, nuclear, nuclear did, threat was our Nuclear threat, that is, that is true, actually. And I remember going into yeah. the kitchen crying to my mum yeah. saying, having seen a mushroom bomb, a hydrogen yeah. bomb on the news. Yes, said, that's right. And do you remember that footage of it tearing through yes, the houses? Yes, I do. And I said, yeah. Mum, could that actually happen? God, I thought, see, isn't that weird now? Because yeah. that was such a huge thing. That and IRA bombings, yeah. because like every time we... We used to go regularly, me and my sister, to Oxford Street, and we, we always had in the back of our minds that we could be blown mm. up. You know, mm. that was just a thing. But... No, oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's similar. Maybe the fear was similar. But, but I mean, you know, on, if you saw my stories on Instagram, um, calling out for you guys to to help us on this, what I said was, Maddie came in here the other day and just very undramatically, but kind of looking for a bit of hope from us, flopped down and said, "So the UN have said code red. I, I'm not going to have children." And she looked at us like, mm. I felt there was a question in there. Can I? Mm. Could I? And I, well, said, oh, I, said, I said, oh, darling, well, you, you could. I mean, we are going to be here for another, it's going to be here for another 50, 100 years. She said, but, but then what about my kids? Mm. What about well, their uh, grandkids? What uh, about grandkids? You know? Well, I mean, yeah, I think scrolling back a little bit, because that was a kind of key moment in this mm. household, which kind of did, did, did ignite this as a subject. But just rolling back from that, going back to this idea of management, kids not seeing it, kids not knowing, protecting our children and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it was the wildfires across Europe. It was the floods in, in Portobello Market, as well as yeah. in Germany, what have you. You know, the images that have been coming through this summer are distinctly different to the images that we've seen of the past. And it's speed, and it's, it's speed. ferocious yeah, speed. Absolutely. I mean, let's not forget the horrific fires in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where a whole absolutely. town was absolutely. just like... That was the beginning of feeling for me though we've been hearing about fires in california it was just and and obviously constantly aware of climate change and the danger we're in but it just that felt like and listening to go to people on the news talking about literally driving for their lives yeah. as fast as they can with their foot to the floor this is starting to sound like a movie every single well, I was saying day. To the, I was saying to the girls, it's a little bit like that, and they always have filmic references. It's a little bit like that moment in Independence Day or Close Encounters where the news media are reporting, this has happened in a, you know, in a, in, in a savannah in Africa, mm. this has landed in the... You know, you're here, seeing and hearing these reports, and isn't it a sad indictment of us Europeans or us Brits, if you like, that it only really begins to take on a huge meaning when it starts to hit the place where we can get our sangria and our beer, which is Turkey and Greece. As soon as it started hitting holiday resorts and we saw tourists being evacuated, suddenly you're starting to think, oh, hang on a minute, this is encroaching upon 
our luxuries. If You'd you be like. amazed, though, Mark. The amount of people I, 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 you know, I quite often go into work and I, I'm a bit panic-stricken and I want to talk to somebody about it. I can't find anyone to talk to about it. Because they don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. People yeah. don't want to talk about it. Which because is... no-one wants their experience of life to be changed. But also, I do think that there is a real problem with the PR around climate change. And I think many, many people feel utterly hopeless. What we're sold is that it's hopeless. We're shown these, you know, devastating, the devastating impact right across every corner of the globe. And I think, I do, you know, if I'm honest, I'll often think, well, you know, me putting this thing into the recycling, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what impact can I have? <clears throat> you know, people often say, but look what China and look what Russia are doing and look what India's doing. And look, you know, we had our time in the West. We ravaged the world. And now we want to pull back and go, can everybody use bamboo straws, please? You know, so I, I get it that people, maybe that don't have kids asking them questions, are thinking, well, you know what? I'm going to live each minute yeah. as the last minute of my life. If I obsess or if I even bring this into my daily thinking, what's happening to the world, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be in trauma yeah. for the rest of my life. I and that, a lot of the messages coming through are that sort of thing. No, but well. I get that. But again, for me, where I would push back against that is, yeah, that's well and good for you. But are you truly that selfish that you're not thinking about what's going to happen, even if you don't have children for the generations beneath you? Because I'm, I promise you one of the things that's going to come through from Maddie, certainly, I don't know about Carlitos later, is there is huge, huge anger, not just towards our generation, because at my generation, I have anger towards my mother's generation, in that there has just been a sort of slightly thoughtless use of the planet. Mm. Not slightly, incredibly mm. thoughtless well, sort of ravaging know. the people planet. People didn't know. I mean, don't forget, for a long time, yeah, nobody absolutely. knew the damage. So no. it's not a case of people just willfully and selfishly, you know... But this isn't, this isn't new news, what's happening now. No, no, it's not. Greta Thunberg has been marginalised and caricatured and, and dismissed. Disgusting. You know, anyone... She, that was the real beginning of the turning for me, was Greta Thunberg. Mm. I was a bit just getting on with my life, head down, just... But she really made me listen, and I think she's I think she's a hero, that girl. Absolutely. I mean, somebody said to me the other day, oh, she's a bit extra, isn't she? Mm. Really? A bit extra? Yes, yes, it's phenomenal. <laughs> um, I mean, but, it's... but just on that point, just to push you on that, that point of, you know, I don't think all people, everybody that can't or doesn't engage with the climate change crisis is simply a selfish person. I think people are very, very afraid. And I think people behave in different ways when they're afraid. And I think some people just want to... You know, it's like the difference, we've just come out of the pandemic. There were many people that chose just to try and get on with each day and not engage in the news. Now, lots of people would say, well, that's just appalling. You have to be engaged in the news. You know, we're all part of the world. But for some people, that's the right way. I mean, I, I personally don't... That's not right for us. That's not the sort of people we are. But you have to respect that some people feel so powerless with this that they don't want to engage. Don't want to engage with the news is one thing. But we wouldn't have kind of, in a sense, got to such a sort of progressed level with COVID, though I know some people don't think we have, if everyone maybe didn't engage with it, but did as they were told. Everyone has done as they were told. But are we going to give up our car? Well, no, are I we going to well, never no, fly yes. again? I mean, I'm looking at the are next the kids car being not an electric have... car. People have to make these choices. I mean, I think one of the biggest problems... They can't that... cope with electric cars. They've no, said no, that they're not going to be able to cope. If you plug them all in, exactly. So infrastructure-wise, it, it's problematic. But I, I still, you know, for me... You're right. I was one of those people for whom it's all too much. It's all too big. How are our tiny little gestures going to change things? Yeah. I've always said long and for a long time now, you know, it's it's West Western privilege to say to these developing countries, you can't do this, you can't mm. do that. When we've done it, and just because now the we've raped the world yeah, and now we want them. So you know, even whatever you feel about China in terms of its power and influence, you know, to turn around to say countries in Africa and say don't do this when they have been impoverished for years mm. due to our exploitation. Well, and, and because it's really many, what well, we forget, most people in the Western world, we are in, in, in under enormous privilege because. The most of the rest of the world is thinking how they're going to get bread and water that day. Mm. They're not going to be thinking about, you know, 10 years down the line. In the I, plan. Suppose, I suppose my argument about this is, is how do you keep your children educated without making them lose hope? And that's the curate egg that you've got as a parent. How do you manage that? But the thing is, I would say that the question is exactly the same for us. 
So those parents and those people that don't want to engage because they don't know how to engage with a sense of hope, we're the ones bringing up those kids. How do we engage mm. them with a sense of hope? How, what do we say? Well, I think yeah. when, when a movement as powerful or that hits the, the headlines as strongly as Extinction Rebellion did, as a culture, we got more enraged about the fact that Waterloo Bridge couldn't be got across than what they were saying. No, I didn't. I thought they were... No, 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 but the va- I'm not, no, I'm not saying we mm. did, but the vast majority of people were looking at the inconvenience. Do you remember the constant story of one ambulance didn't get to St Thomas's, so one person died, therefore... Well, when you part. think about, that's we're going to have fire and flood, that's no ambulance. Exactly, the responsibility of, you yeah. know, the, the sad loss of that person, I get it. There are so many mitigating factors. There's traffic jams in London that prevent people to get to... Mm, you because know, we're guzzling. Because we're guzzling petrol, because, yeah. because we're encouraging people to have cars, but we don't ever blame the car usage for why a certain ambulance doesn't get somewhere in time. I just think this this almost characterising anyone who has a proactive and slightly militant approach to it as lunatics and and what have you, I think we have to listen to them. It's like with anything. We've done it with some of, our, some of the people we know at points no, when they've no, been no, impassioned and I think we thought oh my changed. god they've just gone a bit too far now it's a bit too much I think now. things have changed I think mm. I have a I do have a discomfort that's slightly more tied into Covid I think we are all talking in a sort of holistic fashion in lockdown of oh we need to revalue life and da 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 I do have a problem with getting on a plane and going to a part of the com- part of the world when you can see a direct causal effect between uh, guzzling out and pumping out petrol uh, ravaging the earth with tourism. And, and this is part of the problem. Maddie said it the other day. She said the reason COVID spread was because we've got so many planes p- piling yeah. around the world. It's a use. We no couldn't matter. give up the planes no matter what, no, could we? No. We just couldn't because of globalisation. And that doesn't mean I, I don't want to travel. But you see, I'm feeling that awful. But you see, like now, I'm just feeling that sort of, oh, God, what, what, what can we do? What can we do? This is where I always end up, where I just feel so fucking hopeless about it that I just want to distract and think about something else. And this is the problem, I think, that youngsters feel, because mm. you're right, you, you identified it, you named it. We feel this contradiction. We feel this wanting to bury our head in our hands. You know, you start to look at the small choices that you make they feel like literally, you know, like a pee on a drum. It mm. doesn't feel sufficient. And then, and then co- when you've got that kind of negative press, just like just like with the pandemic, you know, I mean, what was that story you read out to me the other day? Oh, explosion from the new, it, the new, um, the alternative gas boilers. Do you remember you were reading me that story, terrible explosion? You know, for these new eco boilers. Yeah. Oh, you've forgotten. You read I don't it. remember. And I thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, there was a story. I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to start knocking the new boilers now. Oh, I see. No, 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 I didn't see that. There's, there's, there's going to start to be a willful, you know, narrative drive towards yeah. everything that we're going to do is hopeless. You watch, you watch. The press will push against this. Oh, absolutely. So coming back to the, pro- the, the subject, Confessions of a Monk Parent. It's my stomach. And I'm oh, really, really God. hungry, sorry. <laughs> I, need to, I need to eat something that comes in a, in a carton in, that's packaged in plastic. In paper. No, in paper. No, no, no not I'm being ironic. I think the yeah. only thing I could do is you eat something that's, in, something that's highly packaged, I'll put it in the recycling, and when I go out in the morning, I'll see that our recyclers have left it. I mean, well, this is the other thing. It's that sort of news, isn't it? Well, it all goes to the same rubbish dump. It's like there is, there does seem to be. Um, there's always seem, there's always something to counter what you want to do, and I'm just bringing it back to being a parent. Um, I mean, I think sometimes we hear back from our kids stuff that we've said from years before. Well, you know, everybody's doing it. Well, you know, look at China and India. Well, mm. and these were all these were all little, you know, like you say, little scapegoats we've given ourselves to get out of, of doing what we all need to do. You know, and but how do we say that to our kids without what do we answer to our kids when the kids say, well, everybody's not going to do it? Well, and no one likes having their choices taken away apart from all the philosophizing that was going on in lockdown. Like, we have too many choices. And like, the speed with which we've gone back to wanting all these choices is the problem. And I think that, you know, until I think it has to be, let's be a bit positive here, it has to be by stealth, it has to be small incremental things like if you eat red meat five days a week, mm. you eat it three days a week. Um, you know, if you have, if you're buying stuff with cutting cartons and plastic, you make the effort to go. The, the irony is, is that when we want to recycle a lot of boxing, because packaging is diabolical, you have to get in the car and go to a 
goes with dump, so you're using the car. Yeah. You know, you need, you know, electric cars. You know, in some ways, you could argue that these electric scooters are much better, though they're, the way they're used is dangerous. You know, they are a better choice, cycling, oh, yeah. all this kind than of motorbikes. stuff. Than motorbikes, guzzling motorbikes and cars. You know, if you could have a city where people like Amsterdam, I think, you know, there are ways and there are means, and it is about it happening over time. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you could always come to lovely, cuddly old me at, <laughs> at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. The reason we wanted to discuss this was I literally don't know what to say to the girls. I, I, I yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, we forgot to say at the beginning we haven't got any answers, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're if we had answers, we'd be up at the UN. Well, yeah, we've got no answers. There, there no <laughs> just answers. stick with us, though, as well. Don't lose hope. Let's let's hear what other people yeah. have to say. Well, because, as ever, we love this bit of, of our chat where, where you join in our chat. And yeah. quite often you give us food for thought. Yeah, just don't make sure it's not red meat. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. So it's a very elaborate handle here, so I'll just say what they've said. I'm quite worried as a 16-year-old boy that it'll get to a point where I can't have kids because of climate change. Oh, well, I mean, you're echoing exactly what Maddie said, and I'm sure we're going to hear from Maddie mm. about that later. But, yeah, I mean, imagine that. Imagine when mm. we were younger, because the one thing we didn't have when we, we were younger, not that we necessarily wanted kids as teenagers... But that choice hadn't been removed yet. That choice wasn't Well, except in. when you think about nuclear weapons, where yeah, we were all going to be blasted off the earth. It was the similar. It yeah, was in similar. In the 80s and 90s, that fear relatively. It was the 70s yeah. and 80s. You know, by the, yeah. 90s, the 90s and the noughties. And also, don't forget, of course, we didn't have rolling news, Snapchat, Snap True. Map, Snap This, Snap That, Instagram, where they're constantly being fed news. Yeah. Um, Here we go. TNT of parenthoods, reduce, reuse, recycle, cook fresh, eat fresh, have empathy. You know, I mean, one of the small things that we have to get used to, and can we get used to this? I mean, I love my bananas as much as the next person, eh? You know, using seasonal Oh, we should bread. bloody eat them, because <laughs> nine times out of ten, I'm making flaming banana yeah, you're, bread you're that I don't them. even like. Them. That's good. Reusing, recycling. Yeah, but we should just eat them in the first place. But the point is, they shouldn't be on our table. <laughs> No, they shouldn't. You know, there's so. And we should only eat seasonally. Yeah, we should only eat seasonally. And I do wonder whether sometimes at school there should be, because I tell you what, not like, you know, a lot of films and science fiction and futuristic films often come true. I do think one of the skills we should be teaching most of our kids for future generations is horticultural skills, growing skills, as much as kind of cooking your own food. I think the idea that, you know, it's, I mean, I know they do this at schools, but I think growing allotments, growing fruit and veg. Do you remember in lockdown, mm. we, we went to, your sister grew the most fantastic vegetables mm. over. I grew three tomatoes. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I think very much with younger children, that teaching them that, you, you know, that you can take action, proactive, being proactive in any situation, even the smallest anxieties in the day. Well, what am I feeling anxious about? OK, well, I'm going to take some sort of action on that. And then teaching them the relief you can feel. I mean, we had that yesterday with one of our girls who was anxious about something. And I suppose what TNT Parenthood is saying there is that you've got to think, you, you can't explain to them the entire Subject. global response you have to keep it local what yeah. can we do and when they say yeah but everybody else isn't doing it yeah but it has a ripple effect yeah you know that that the more of us do the more yeah. of us will you have to give them some hope and the more that to. you hear it's like you, you know i remember the days when you go down when i used to go down the pub where you, used to, you hang out with people when you hear other people making certain choices it makes you stop for a moment because you know there's there is peer pressure that can work for the positive you know yeah. what I mean? It's not just negative peer pressure. Because I, I tell you something else as well that's coming through a lot of these comments is 
I get why the younger generations are blaming the older generations, but let's not put all our energy into blaming because we're all in, now in the same boat. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a little bit like that person in your group that, that tries to want to identify the person who gave them a cold. Oh, it's kind of, oh, oh, for God's sake, you know, do we have to get into this? But you know what's a very important thing which we haven't touched on, I just want to do that quickly because I'm worried in case we forget, is... I have had real feelings over the last couple of months. I've been suffering Happy, a bit. What are they like? <laughs> with my, with my, my moods. Not, I wouldn't say depression because I don't have depression, but I felt very, very, very low and very hopeless at points. And I've had a real sense of, and I've said it to you a couple of times, Mark, haven't I, where I've said, let's just sell up. Let's go and live on a beach. Mm. Let's drink beers. Let's just do nothing except just be how we want to be every day because how many days have we got left? I've yeah. really felt like that. And then I've moved that over to what I would have felt like at 17, 18, and it scares the shit out of me. I was a huge partier. I could easily, easily, if I, you know, it was, you know, as Maddie is now, I could have gone down a very dark route of like, yeah. You're not saying Maddie's going down at all. No, no, I'm not saying Maddie is, but I'm saying that I'm I'm relating, you know, to teens Mm. and what I could have been like. If you've got a teen that's a bit like that, I think that this is actually an incredibly dangerous time. Oh, I agree. Coming out of the pandemic with the depression that they've brought around for the dark, the loneliness, add to the fact that it's the summer and then it hasn't been a great summer and then we're going to go into Christmas and we know that drugs are everywhere and we know drinks everywhere and... it's a dangerous time. Well, yeah. Because you could go, do you know what? Mm. The end of the bloody world's coming. Well, what am I gonna, why, yeah. why am I going to study for my A-levels? Why am I going to keep my room yeah. tidy? Why am I going to do this? And you know what? I couldn't completely argue with them on it. Yeah, that, that is the difficulty as a parent. I mean, yeah. I suppose that's You're why... You're a natural I suppose editist, that's why which is what parents, I am. And there are many of you probably <laughs> listening would say, this is why you don't engage with your kids about it, or this is potentially why you're trying to protect... I think my point around that is your kids will know anyway. And I think you're right. You have a generation coming through now where the danger is if everything feels hopeless and yeah. if everything feels insurmountable, the nihilism that is a natural part of being a teenager will go to an extra level mm. because, of course, you're right. As we sit there as parents, we're struggling to say, well, yeah. you know, this narrative... What is, is my 20-year plan? I've yeah, got yeah. one because I don't know we're going to be here in 20 years. Absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, um, <coughs> <coughs> I just... How do you say to your child, live in the moment, live in the day, knowing what it feels like to be a teenager Mm. and thinking, well, oh, that's great. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. If you've got a child that's a bit wobbly on the tracks anyway, Mm. maybe drinking too much or whatever, how or puffing, you know, all this stuff that we that we know is circling around all of our teens. How do you say to them, that's the worst idea ever because how you think Mm. about your health in your 40s and your 50s and they're thinking, well, I'm almost definitely not going to be here because that's how they're thinking. You've got to know this, guys. That is how a lot of them are thinking. thinking Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some more comments here. Uh, Maria, fucking petrified, don't even want to think about it. Mm. Classic. Maria, Um, big hug. Me too, honey. Charlie, scary, but it's not our fault, really. More like your generation, going back to that sort of thing of feeling it's not... They haven't done it. Someone else. Do you know what, Charlie? Well, you're right. You're right. But you know what? Nobody knew for a long time. Nobody knew what they were doing. Um, and actually, it's how we move forward. Because it's like anything in life. If we stand and turn to look where we can blame, it doesn't really help us move forward. Mm. Sophie says, honestly, as a kid, I think we're constantly surrounded by it and it gets boring and repetitive. Mm, that's another thing. If you get anaesthetised, desensitised yes. yeah. to yeah, it. Absolutely. Like, like we already have done with, uh, you know, things COVID. like COVID. And, um, Aideen says, a huge issue with rising sea levels is the amount of land being covered by concrete or tarmac every day. Exactly. Don't, I mean, that's another small step, isn't it? Don't concrete over your gardens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Patsy, go vegan. That's the best thing you can do for the planet. I mean, I keep hearing more. I mean, I've always been the one that kind of is a naysayer around veganism. And... You know, you, you start to look at these things and you start to think, oh, God, I have to look inwards. Do I have well, I to think, eat mung beans? I mean, many, I many, I many, many people don't want to go vegan. So what you have to say is, you know, just reduce your meat. Yeah. Reduce yeah, exactly. And reduce how much you throw away. Yeah. We throw away so, so much, much food. Yeah. Anonymous, terrified. Others try to improve their footprint while others still act selfishly. 
Mm. That, I mean, and that, yeah, but yeah, as Nadia says, that's the case with COVID as well, isn't it? I think there was a wonderful phrase that someone used at one point that climate change needs the same PR company yeah, that, it was uh, brilliant that represented that. COVID. Yeah. Um, Someone here says, I'm going to keep you anonymous, from my son, there is no future. That's what her son says. Mm, there is no future. Um, How do you... Oh, that's so hard, isn't it? Well, that's more or less what Maddie said to us the other day. <laughs> I, I was reeling for days after that because I don't think we managed it particularly well when she sat with us. I think both me and Mark were just, like, scrabbling around different trying different approaches and failing miserably, yeah. to be honest. I think, I think she just limped away, not feeling particularly better about anything, and I was feeling like, oh, shit, what we did we just do? Yeah, no, no, I agree. <laughs> well, I mean, we sat there with our hands on our laps, not really knowing what to say to ourselves. Um, Alfie, uh, absolutely terrified, if not for me, definitely for any future children. Katie, I'm 18 and now also don't want kids after the UN meeting. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. I get where she's coming from, I presume. Oh, sweetie. Ashley, my daughter, also said she wouldn't have children. Um, my 13... This is Claire. My 13 and 10-year-olds are educating me about our planet. Their teachers are unbelievable. Yeah, no, it is great. The schools are doing great stuff, aren't they? But yeah. we have to be open to listening to what our kids are saying. That's the thing. Don't say to your kids you're being dramatic. Don't, don't worry about it. There's lots of people that have... Messages messaged us saying that that's very difficult for them. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Uh, Neve says, people have kids now because those kids won't live till they're 50, but I can't say that because I'd be called dramatic. I mean, oh, sweetheart, that's really hard yeah, for you. Yeah. Find somebody that you can say that to because you, it's really difficult to have your feelings like that, you know, invalidated or unvalidated? What's the word? Validated. No, because she's not having validated. She's being told she's being dramatic. Invalidated. Yes, invalidated. Sorry, darling. Invalidated. Um, that that's really hard. You could, you know, to be to have your feelings dismissed as dramatic doesn't help. Yeah. Um, engage with somebody maybe that will listen to you and 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 you know empathise with you. Steph says, stop the anxiety and live your life. I stay focused on today. Focus and don't let the media terrify you into world's end thinking. It's difficult, isn't it? When when some when the narrative of something it's like a film where you know that something awful is going to happen and it has to happen and it's happening, and yet at the same time you're wanting to present it in a in a manageable way. It's it's really hard. It's it, it's possibly the most challenging thing. I mean, with COVID, you could talk about if they get a vaccine, we have ways, we have precedent, we had the flu. We, okay, it might be difficult. It's definitely different. But we have great scientific brains on this. We do have scientific brains on this, obviously. But their reporting, and my fear is that their reporting is that it's getting worse exponentially now, faster than they thought. And we're at a point where only the rich, really, can afford to cut their emissions. This is the other problem. This is the problem. It's a class thing. You've mm. got an energy Like everything's energy always a class thing. Oh my God, I was just trying to use my... What's happened to me? I was trying to use my mover thing on my computer <laughs> and I was doing it on the table like an absolute lummox. <laughs> well, I'm just doing this game. Why isn't it I was moving? a little concerned, but I thought what? I'd just let it go. <laughs> my brain, uh, what the hell's happened? I'll stop doing my forward, sorry. Um, new me says, I'm with them, the kids. That's why I don't have kids. It's the main reason. Uh, Guy, my 24-year-old son said to me several years ago, why would you bring kids into a world like oh, this? Oh, our kids say that to us. Yeah. They get quite angry with us, which really hurts me, actually. My mom... I never let, I never let it show, but I, 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 yeah. I hate it when Maddie says no, that. No, no, My mum just says, wait and see. She's no idea what to respond to, how to respond to Oh, bless questions. your mum. Yeah. Oh, bless her. Yeah. And bless you. I feel sorry for you and I feel sorry for your mum. Because <laughs> I can understand both sides. Wait and see. <laughs> it's because she's thinking, oh, my God. What can I say? Uh TNT of Parenthood, again, be honest, don't hijack the truth, don't lie, be open and honest, age appropriate, give them hope for a better tomorrow, teach them how, show them how, lead by example. Very. I like very, you. Yeah. Can you be my mum, TNT? Yeah. My kid of 26, as Angela says, live for today. I agree. I think there's a thing of keeping it in the day, and I do think... But I worry that that will give... Yes, give, that will make the problem even worse. Yeah. We just live for today. Let's yeah, just let's, all just, let's, all just, let's all just get, get on the wacky-backy and dance on the beach all, all night. You know? <laughs> <laughs> on the wacky-backy. 
Betty Bongo trips. I just think your name is, I just love reading your name. <laughs> Try and teach the material things aren't important. Friendships and values are, but hey, when you're 11, kids, what all, uh, kids want what all other kids have got. Environmental studies were taught at her primary school, but actions with kids speak louder. And this is a topic where actions can so easily be taught. You're right. You have to lead by example. I mean, every time I take the recycling out to the recycling bin, I tell the girls. I know you do. And he sings it and tap dances all the way out. I am fastidious and furious with my mum. Who can't can't get her head around wet goods not going in the not going in the recycling. Um, Sam says, "Tell them the truth. It's scaremongering to push an agenda through called the Great Reset." I'm not entirely sure if I agree with that. Mm. Uh, Asima, I don't know what to say, if I'm honest. I don't want to lie. I don't want to scare them. They're 14 and 7. And I so, don't want to lie and I don't want to scare them. And you have put there perfectly yes. the, 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 um, the mess that we're in. Yeah. The, because the, how do we find that middle ground? Fucking hell, babe, I'm more worried than I was at the beginning <laughs> of this I've chat. actually got a headache. I've got a headache. Well, it's a really what, bad I'll headache. It's a really good opportunity then to, to hear from the kids, because yeah. I'm sure they're going to point at us, tell us off, oh, and God. make Do us we have to? a whole lot Can't better. Can't we just drop this bit this week? <laughs> <laughs> so let's hear from Maddie first. Climate change is, I think, one of like the top fears in this generation, well, my generation. Um, and I think we're all a lot more scared of it than we like to let ourselves believe um, and we tend to avoid the subject as often as we can which probably isn't the best thing to be doing um, I think part of the reason why it's so scary and like why we try and avoid it so much is how um, kind of hopeless we feel about it all and how uh, we just kind of feel like it's irreversible already and that there's, like, we're told that there's something we can do, but we believe that there isn't really anything we can do and, like, um, it is what it is, do you know what I mean? And I think the pandemic hasn't helped with our, like, outlook on climate change because obviously mental health issues and everything got a lot worse after the pandemic. And I think... A lot of people my age have felt so, like, awful (laughs) and just depressed and everything and hopeless since pandemic that they almost don't care anymore that the world's going to end and it's almost like, yeah, it should end because the world's shit, do you know what I mean? Um, Which I think is really sad, but I kind of get it as well. Um, I also think there's a lot of anger, obviously, um, in this generation towards the generations before us because we feel like, you know, obviously it started with them and it's their fault, but we also kind of feel like we're just told, oh, yeah, um, you're the new generation now and, like, it's your turn to be the ones that fix our mess. And I think that really infuriates us because there could be so much being done right now by the people in power who have kind of been a part of the downfall of the planet Um, and they're still not really doing anything. And it really upsets and makes me angry because if climate change was met with the same amount of press and energy as COVID has, then we wouldn't be in the situation right now. And the only reason why coronavirus is as bad as it is is because of the climate um, pollution and all of that kind of stuff. But it really, really depresses me especially sometimes when I really think about it. Um, And, yeah, it is just really, really scary, you know. Um, And I just feel the sense of hopelessness a lot, and it's like I don't really know what we can do. Um, And I think the fear toward, you know, this and climate change and everything is kind of... You know, it isn't helping our mental health either. Like, it's really depressing us as well. And I kind of think it's make like it's made a lot of my friends be like, what is the point of me doing this and this with my life? Because I just don't feel like I'm really going to have one and all of this kind of stuff. Um, so I, although I know that climate change is really bad at the moment, um, and, you know, it's kind of in a code red situation, 
I think it should be publicised more in a way that makes us feel like there is something that can be done because I think if you tell people that it's seeming irreversible and there's nothing that we can really do, then you aren't going to gain people's... Um, you know, you're not going to get people wanting to fix it because they're going to just feel like there's nothing that can be done. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the end result will be. And I think that's what's really scary. Um, but I just hope that it ends well. <laughs> God. She sounded really upset there. Um, what she's talking about is mm -hmm. incentivising. Mm. You know, how do you incentivise? What we'd say, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. it? As, as adults as well. We, I mean, I find it hard to be incentivised. Yeah, don't, we do feel hopeless. She's right, the PR is stinks. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you say to people, all is lost, then what are people going to do except say, OK, all is lost, all there's all nothing lost. I can do. Yeah. It worries me, though, it really worries me. You know, like she said, my friends and I, we avoid it, but it's there. You mm. know, I heard her talking about a couple of her friends who are planning to do various things with their uh, further education and stuff, and they're feeling hopeless about it. Mm. But, you know, why go and study? Why go to lectures? Why mm. do you... I, I, th I think we need to all be a lot more worried than we probably are as parents about the impact of this mm. on our children's mental health. Especially coming off the back of code, and it's interesting she that she said. says that, you know, because you've We're had, already low. It's like a double body blow, isn't mm. it? It's like, See, exactly what I'm feeling. Yeah. Exactly what I'm feeling. Yes, yeah, so how do you know, so, And I've things. had a life, and I've had kids, mm. and I've travelled the world, and I've had huge experiences, mm. and I've had a life. You know, 18, <laughs> when yeah. she sat down the other day and said, I don't think I can ever have kids. I mean, those big pools of mm. her, those chocolatey eyes looking at us. It broke my heart. I mean, part of me almost wants to say to them, because I know that Extinction Rebellion, I saw in the news yesterday, are about to mount a campaign which they said will make Waterloo Bridge look like nothing. And I, part of me thinks, go for it, guys, because... Yeah. And, and, and oh. should we go up there and support them? And I mean, should we people, encourage the kids to support them? Because... They need to get a really slick... PR film where mm. you cut to people just sitting peacefully on Waterloo mm. Bridge and then cut to the floods, the carnage, mm. the fires, the people running from their lives in Canada. This isn't... It looks like a movie when we see it on the news, but it's not a movie, it's actually happening. And also you need the kind of almost the equations of do this to prevent this. Do yeah. this to prevent if, that. If, if a million do people this. do this, yeah, yeah, yeah. it will have this impact. Absolutely. Give us, help us because we're struggling. We want to do better. We're failing bloody miserably and because we feel like we can't affect change. And just to clarify, I mean, me and Maddie have talked about that a lot. It didn't quite come through in what she said there. There is a direct connection between COVID and our environmental issue yes. because COVID spread so quickly due to Pollution. air travel. Mm. And it hangs in the pollution. And it hangs in the pollution, but also air travel moved this thing around the globe and air travel itself destroyed. So in a weird way, you know, you could view COVID as... Sometimes I view the planet as a creature that sort of wriggles like a dog when it has a flea on its back. Sometimes I view COVID as it was one of those... It's one of those moments where it wriggles and we can either be attentive to what the, the discomfort of the earth or not. I wish I could remember that poem right at the beginning of the pandemic as written from Mother Earth. Do you mm, remember that? Yeah, we were all passing it around, we can't remember it now. Yeah. And it was along the lines of, you didn't listen, you mm. wouldn't listen. Let me give you but something that's... now that makes you listen. It's going yeah. to spread around the world, it's going to show you that air travel and all of this. And, and we were passing that. I mean, I can't even remember one line no, no, of that poem now. And it, me, it felt so real at that time. And like you are always saying, we can't, everybody's fallen out of the other end of this mark exhausted and people are wanting to get back to life because you know why? People are coming out of the shock of actually what happened. But so people are cling, wanting to cling on to the raft of what they've known and actually what we do need to do is shake off our old lives. But we were, and think everyone again. was on social media throughout yeah. COVID, everyone posting memes, posting mindfulness comments, mm. posting poems about Mother, Mother Earth. Us sharing as well. And us as well, sharing, not other yeah, people. Yeah, no, hang on, sharing mm. and philosophizing, that's what I mean, us and mm. everyone sharing and philosophising about this is a moment to reflect and as soon as the trapdoors came up, everyone charged back. No, but I do think that that is partly because we don't really realise how all of us were in a state of shock for mm. that 18 months. I still can't believe we lived through a pandemic. I still can't. No. And then as we were able to blinking, blinkingly step out into the light, it felt very scary. But and so people said, just yesterday I was talking to my friend Lee and he's like, when will it go back to normal? Mm. It's like we are still dealing with that. 
and actually nobody wants a new normal, but we're going to have to have a new normal. Yeah, but the problem with climate change is if we go back to the normal, the normal created the climate problem. I know, so that, I know we, that's what, what I'm saying. What are we all actually saying? We want to go back to yeah. the thing that's killing the earth. No, no, that's what I'm saying. We have to now, as we blink out of the shock and we mm. try to cling to the raft of our old lives, mm. we now have to be brave enough for the sake of our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, not us, because we've had a life. Mm. I mean, God, I'd love to live another 40 happy years, but, you know, and we have to do it for them and we have to change it. Maybe we, maybe we have to say we will never get on a plane again. Mm. Well, yeah, we these have, are big things. We have friends who say that. We have, friend, we have a friend who has uh, her children. One of her children lives, and her grandchild lives abroad, and she has emphatically said she will not get on a plane for the sake of the environment. Sacrifice. Those are the kind of sacrifices that... And that is Extinction Rebellion. They're sacrificing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's listen oh, to... Oh, we Carl. went off on one then. Yeah, let's listen to Carlitos. This is something I was thinking about the other day, actually. Most of us teens feel under pressure or a certain pressure to save the planet, but we have no idea where to start or how. Um, I, for one, am so scared for us in the future, you know. There'll be direct impacts, you know, like things like drastic weather changes, tsunamis, the ones like you see in the movies, earthquakes, wildfires, and, you know, it's all happening right now, literally. The end of the world, as we know it, is happening right now. And, and you know, I don't think we realise the extent of it and probably won't fully grasp it until it's too late and there's no turning back. And the thing is, because there's so many rules and legalities now, people my age that do want to make a difference don't actually have any political power in order to make a real change because we try and then we just get shut down by the people in the offices with the power to help because, you know, it makes them more money. I mean, that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? Money. And there's only so much that people my age can actually do because no matter what we try to do, we are suppressed and just overruled by the people older than us. And it seems like the world is just spiralling out of control and we're just being forced to watch it happen. And yes, there are changes that are being made, little changes, but... Our work is far from over and there is a long road ahead. And it actually makes me scared that we won't have a world to live in in the future. And I think, if anything, the news, like TV news, should be projecting more about the climate and really drill into people's minds. Not just, you know, the facts and the statistics and stuff. Really drill into people's minds what we're doing right now and what the effect will be, you know, and what kind of world we are making for our children and what kind of issues they're dumping on us kids to deal with when it's our time. I think us as a generation blame the older generations. You know, you guys and generations before, intentionally or not, made this world into what it is now. And only recently when millennials and the Gen Zs come into the picture, things slowly start to U-turn and it shouldn't be this way. We should be taking care of this planet that we live on. We only have one. Not destroying it because it makes more money. You know, we might not hear the trees falling now, but when millions fall, you will feel it. It's kind of hopeless trying. And that's why we have so many protests now. People are realising that there needs to be change. And when are the people in charge going to listen? I, I just, you know, I just think... Something really, really needs to be done. Something really needs to change before it is too late. Can I just say really quickly, because we hesitated doing this because we were like, we don't want to depress people. We don't want people won't to, listen. People won't listen. And maybe people haven't. And maybe you've gone away and you won't hear this because you've gone away. But I disagree about this idea of, yes, you need to promote what needs to be done, just like they have done with COVID at certain points. Wear a mask, socially distance wash your hands, and now take a vaccine. We didn't need scare tactics with COVID. It was scary. Scary. Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Well, I don't think, that, I don't think there's a problem with scare tactics. Because lots of people go, oh, well, it all just feels so insurmountable to hear it. Well, just get over yourself. It is insurmountable. This is the problem. We have the same problem with COVID as an acute 
problem. We didn't all kind of fall over and faint and go, oh, I can't deal with it. We were scared fucking shitless. And we need to be scared about this. So I disagree. I think it's not disincentivizing or, you know, it renders you mute to be pumping out how fucking severe this problem is. It really fucking frustrates me. That we do you can think governments don't want to do that because we'll make demands on them to make changes that they don't want to make? They as, can't as, change as, quickly as, enough. As he, as Carlitos yeah, articulates well, how are they going to do that and, and, and not affect the finances? Boris Johnson has a major problem. That the, if, if he was to change and rectify the gas boiler system in our country, it will cost so much money that most families, other than wealthy families, simply can't afford the transition. So what's he going to do? How's he going to supplement that? It's a massive amount of money. That's one small slither of change mm. that's going to cost an absolute fortune. Then translate that to the rest of the country, then translate it to other areas, translate it to other countries, etc. And that's it's, only one tiny thing we have yeah. to do. So we're back to square one when yeah. we go, oh, well, God, it's so bloody hopeless. Yeah, but how, so how, we need some kind of global action. The other thing that he said, which was really important, Carlitos, was, you know, let's go back to Extinction Rebellion. We're all kind of, at first, it was a bit like a festival and a carnival, and then people started to get annoyed, and then people really turned on it. And then they criminalised it to such an extent that they wanted to make examples of peaceful protesters. Yeah, they disgusting. removed... And let's not forget, in lockdown, all of the protests in Bristol were about the right to protest. Yeah. They kind of carved this, this yeah. up so that a younger generation doesn't feel like they can yeah. go out yeah. and protest. Sarah Everard, all removed from the yeah. front of peaceful protest. I can't even protest about this. No wonder youngsters feel like... I mean, I could go on the poll, ta poll, poll tax march. I marched with the, with the teachers' unions for the miners back in the 70s and 80s, not knowing what the fuck I was doing. Mm. You know, you can't even do that. Mm. It, you know, you remove the right to protest and you remove the voice of a generation, a generation that wants to shout and scream and do something about it. Talk about disincentivized. If I, was, I don't know what I'd do if I was young. I don't know what I would do. No. It's so tough. <sighs> and that's not about being depressing. That's about everyone educating themselves. To educate yourself is not to be... Yeah, we are, we are, edu we are educated on We know absolutely this is a critical situation. And the UN made it very clear two weeks ago with their code. But code people red. Still want to know. We can't the go back. Still want we to can't travel. go back. We can never have the climate we had before. It's at such a speed, you know. And, and, and I know what you're saying that we must keep being terrified, but there must be a sense that there is something that can be done. Yeah, I agree. Like there say, needs to be the equivalent of a be. vaccine. Because don't forget, when that's being pushed out, mm. also our kids are hearing that. So mm. it's very, very important that there is hope given at the same mm. time. Otherwise, it does completely de-incentivise de people. And, and we're already de-incentivised enough. Mm. <sighs> All right, well, I'm going to go and put the recycling out, <laughs> which then won't be picked up. Oh, God. Well, that's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>